Hello and welcome to Morning Shot Uncut, the uncensored version of the Morning Shot YouTube channel. My name is Ramon and Byron is here with me. Hello, Zelensky. Oh, you can't see him. He's look. He looks like Zelensky. Why can't they see me? They should be able to see me. If they pay, they'll be able to see you on video. But if they don't pay oh, and okay. they're poor, they can only hear this through their ears. So. Yeah, and I'm like Zelensky. Look, look around me. I got no mates. Everybody's just ignoring me. <laughs> You saw that picture. Zelensky standing the there on the stage at like NATO and everyone's ignoring him. They were like walking up to each other, shaking his hands. And he's like, I'm Billy Nomates. He looks so angry. Yeah. Yeah. Zelensky's a clown. I mean, I, I did release a tweet saying that I sort of feel sorry for him because he got duped. But if you, you know, want to be part of the global homo American empire, like being duped is part of it. Like you shouldn't be that surprised. So maybe I don't feel, feel, feel so sorry for him now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Talking about being homo, did you see Julius Menemus stabbing a cow for like five minutes, attempting to slit his throat? I did see it. And I also watched the cow look up at him like, dude, give me the knife. I kill myself. You don't even know how to do this. Even the cow's like, dude, what are you doing? This isn't how you kill me. Chiss. It was the, it's the weirdest video. So the EFF had a, had some celebration in Mahalisburg. And then during the course of Thursday last week, they released this video. I'm not going to share it, but if you go to the EFF Twitter account, you can see it for yourself. Of Juice Malema holding like this cheap plastic bread knife thing. It was red too. Did you notice and that? It was red. Yeah, <laughs> not, with red blood. not with blood, by the way. Just like They were like, red EFF plastic. is red. We're going to use a red knife that we bought from Pep. <laughs> And I think Julius wanted to sort of slice the throat of the cow so they could like eat it afterwards, which which we agree with. Like we don't really care about slaughtering of animals. We eat meat. We hunters. We proudly not vegans. So cool, <laughs> just do it. But over the course of two and a half minutes, I, he just I dispute like, that. I am what? a vegan. My We're animals vegan. all eat the grass. Very good. Anyway, Julius proceeds to stand next to this cow. He's got one hand like near his crotch and the other hand, he's like sort of stabbing it at the back of the ear, like proper stabbing it. You can see blood come out. And this goes on for like 20 strokes of the knife until even the cameraman like turns off the camera in shame. <laughs> but I don't know what. But what I don't understand is why they list it. No, no. Surely no, no, you were no. like, oh, guys, yeah. that suck. Don't put that on the internet. Yeah, like it's embarrassing as all hell, right? Because I know, like, if you're not slaughter an animal, you take it below, just below its chin, where the jawbones meet the trachea, and you do it there. It's quick. It's one shot. Doesn't hurt. That's how you do it if you're Muslim. That's but he how does you do it, it on the top. He's like trying. To, he goes and he puts the knife there, and then tries to hit it down like it's a hammer. And you're like, dude, you've not done this before, have you? <laughs> like this is no, your first time. It it really is like he's this guy hasn't killed even a chicken, right? Like I'm sure you'll struggle to to. Stab a chicken to death at this rate. I'm just wondering to myself, A, how the hell is he going to cut the throat of whiteness if you can't even cut the throat of a cow? <laughs> and B, those manicured hands of his are much better at like touching Hunter and Bills and Johnny Blue <laughs> whiskey than actually doing real work. The guy was supposed to be like a farmer and he did this and he did that. I'm calling bullshit on all that. He's like a hippie who lives in Joburg who DJs on the weekends. Too much whiskey. But it's so embarrassing. I don't know what to tell you, man. I've seen the I've seen the video. Uh, I cringe for them, and I remain of the opinion like, who thought this was a good idea to release, man? Like, surely you watched him do it, and you were like, hey, let's start this again. 
Did you actually see the poor cow though? The cow looked anemic. It actually looks like it like it was better off being being slaughtered by Gigi. It looks like it hadn't eaten in like three hundred years. The cow literally looks like it's a starving child in Africa. It's it's really not the best and brightest cow that they got, which I think is symbolic of the party, really. <laughs> It's like a symbolism of what they're doing to their voters. Kind of kill you properly. You know, it's like the worst run gulags ever. Everyone like nearly survives. You know? uh, <laughs> year 5 turns 10. Yeah. I mean, hey. let's be honest. Your 10-year-old Ramon could probably have done this job better than Julius Malima did. So, so much better. So much better. So, so based on did this you... assumption, imagine a, a gulag run by the EFF. It's like, Floyd, what gas did you put in the gas chambers? Ah, it was oxygen. It's like, Lofi. no, Floyd, you're stupid. <laughs> Must be poison. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I he thought it was like... hydrogen. Hey, they're all laughing now. <laughs> what are you doing, dude? Yeah. You know what's actually really funny? Is that, like, how many people actually went on there afterwards and they were like, Julius, this is how you do it. And under that thread, there's like all these guys in their own local communities, like how they slaughter their cows. And they're all like one shot, like bam. And the guys like down. And they're like, that's how you do it, Julius. <laughs> like, there's tons of it, man. You should go check the thread. Uh, it, I mean, it is just like, it's, it's like, you know, when you get those guys in the gun range, like they, they, they swaddle in, they got like five guns everywhere. And then like they just like have a misfire because they didn't put the bullet in properly. Well, like the guy whips out his firearm. The first thing he's done is he's like sideways. He thinks it's a gangster movie. Then the cartridge yeah. ejects and hits him in the head. <laughs> it's such like, a self-own. You, right? Yeah, it's such a self-own by the EFF. I just don't know what they were trying to prove to anyone. Because even even the, the blacks looking at that Twitter, they're like, ish, no, boss. This is how you do it. My, my Google can do so much better than this. And she's like 86, you know. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, you should go check the thread on. Like, how many people? They're like, ah, this is how we do it back in the community. And they're all, like, literally, like, one hit killing these these cows, man. Like, they, these guys are professionals. And then you watch Juju back there. Like, <laughs> like it's funny, man. It's like, I don't know what you're smoking. It, it is hilarious. And the fact that they put it out themselves makes me really question how smart these people are. Um, yeah. I don't question <laughs> I also don't really know. Anyway, but I'll leave the, the link to the video uh, below this description. So if you want to see it, you can. It's it's not for children or anything like that, of course, but it's, yeah. it is a bit funny if you think cows are a bit dumb, which they are. So just taking in that spirit. We're not for animal yeah. abuse. This was definitely it, though. <laughs> it's like shame. <laughs> well, that's and that's the big thing, though. Obviously, because they've gone and they've done like a slaughter of a cow, all the Karens in the Western Cape have all been like, I'm Outraged, we must call PETA and the SPCA and all the other human rights commissions. Oh, this is terrible. That poor cow. Yeah. What's for dinner? A steak. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that, on, that is the worst response you can do to the EFF because that's exactly what they want you to say. Oh, where's the, where's the SPCA? This is against like the animal rights. They're like, you th- care about animals more than you care about blacks. You know exactly what they're going to tell you in return. So yeah, the best thing is, is like judge it to mock his vagity risks, really. Shame, man. Do you just spend far too much time now on yachts with, uh, you know, Johnny Johnny Walker Blue Label. He's like too many too many days on the yachts. He doesn't know how to actually spend a hard day on the farm anymore. Son Somebody of the soil to... doesn't know what the soil <laughs> is though. Son of the Johnny Walker man, <laughs> there's no soil there. Son of the cigar at this point. 
Yeah. But anyway, enough about Julia's stabbing cows. Um, I don't know, Byron, what's on your mind? We prepared so well for this podcast. So Absolutely. I'm sure you've got a few things. Absolutely. So I suppose what's actually on my mind is uh, Paul Machatillo. So Paul Machatillo this morning actually said, we are still trying to persuade Putin not to come to South Africa. Come on, Paul, man. Let him come. I want to see something. <laughs> you know what they say? I want to see something. <laughs> I mean, the only reason we want Putin to come to South Africa is that Alan Windy can attempt to perform a citizen's arrest on the man. He said he would, and that's a man who sticks by his promises as a politician. So we just want to see that, guys. Like, we don't care about a goa, and we don't care about yeah. any other cuck. We just want to see Alan Windy get shot in the face by the Spetsnaz. Is that too much to yeah. ask? You know what the funniest part about Putin is? And, like, guys, stop and think about this for a second. If we got every world leader into a room, and we said to them, right, guys, he has enough, you get to cage fight, the guy who survives this all, and he's the last man standing, rules the world. You realize Putin would win, right? Hands down. He's like a six-degree judo black belt, six-degree bloody karate black belt, six-degree something or other, former spa, kill people in their sleep. Like, this guy is actually the legitimate deal. Everybody else is like champagne kind of guys. Like, this guy would actually win. So take that into account. When Adam Wendy says, I'm going to personally arrest <laughs> I want to see something. <laughs> I, I really want to see this. I actually disagree with you. I think Biden would win because the guy's just unpredictable, right? <laughs> like you know, when you're in a fight, you sort of have a sense of like how people fight and what the rules are, what the moves are. Biden doesn't know, you know, in what stage of life he is at the best of times. So he'll just be, he'll just be falling over and. Talking, you so, know, so you think he's things. going to basically be drunken boxing? That's what I'm hearing. Or drunken boxing the, style, dementia boxing. Yes, it's very unpredictable. He's going to call Putin like something terrible, like Zelensky, stop hitting me. He's like Putin will get mad, like start swinging wildly, miss, and yeah, you'll just win. But the bottom will just win by default then, just through sheer confusion. I, I, I like, I like your logic because even if you hit Biden in the face, you'd be like, "Hey, man, what happened?" Did you do something? Yeah, I broke your jaw. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Stop hitting me, Zelensky. Yeah. Why are you going to war with Ukraine, Zelensky? (laughs) Talking of which, did you actually see that? There's a clip where Biden goes on on stage and he says, I'm terribly upset that Vladimir Putin went to war with the Russian people. (laughs) Everybody's like, hey, hey, he went to war with Ukraine. He's like, yeah, yeah. I met Ukraine. <laughs> the guy's uh, so rotten in the head. It is, it is such an that guy is such an embarrassment. I don't know how the Americans can like think that they are supreme to everyone else. They got a literal dementia patient running their society. It tells you a lot about that particular society. I, sa- I, I said that to Chris Wyatt last night. Oh, right. And he got very upset. <laughs> I actually said to him, I said, you know, Matt, the state of politics in your country, I said, like, you got two choices. You got a Republican or John Letterman, a guy who's literally a folk victim who can't remember his own name. Oh, your guys were like, yeah. yeah, your guys are like, I can't have a Republican. <laughs> I'm going for the stroke victim. I mean, he doesn't know today's Tuesday, but he seems like a good choice. Him and the dementia patient, imagine them in the White House. Like, 
yeah. It, it, it is deeply emblematic of global homo. So global homo, for those who might not know, is a global American empire that wants, you know, every schoolboy in the world to wear a dress to school and talk about pronouns so that they can just extract all the wealth from the world. I'm sure Chris White would love that sentence. Uh, that I just and Chris got very upset homo. when I said that to him. I was like, but it's true, mate. Sorry. It's true. It's true. It is true. I, I grew up loving America. Right, it was always like the land of the free, and everyone's got guns and Corvettes, and you can do whatever you want, shoot people in the face. It was all great. <laughs> and then they stole the election from Trump, and then they got Biden in there, and now they're all wondering, like, what's a woman? I mean, come on, it's an embarrassment. Like, just kill well, the patient and and restart. Come on now. In, fa- in fairness, like Biden wonders, you know, who is who his own uh, wife is at this stage. So, I mean, the fact that he doesn't know what a woman is. It's not exactly outside of keeping with character, is it? But no. you know, I did actually say this to uh, Prince Adil last week. I did say to him, you know, I'm like terribly sorry. I'm really ashamed. As a white person, I'm ashamed. My ancestors came to your land. We conquered the Zulu people. We showed them the might of the, the English, the English nations. And right after we won, we told them all to bugger themselves and not know what a woman is. I'm actually really shaped, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm, I, I really, these people don't speak for me. I'm terribly sorry. We're like, ah, now that we've conquered you, if you wear a dress and you call yourself Sheila, stunning and brave, stunning and brave. These yeah, guys are stunning. like, hey, what happened? Yeah, how do we get beaten by this? You know, <laughs> talking about that. Do you know a historian called David Rattray? No. Who's so, David that, so he was an Anglo who lived in KZN, and he was an historian of the Zulu people. He, sp- he spoke Zulu fluently. He was there for uh, 20 years of his life. Unfortunately, he got murdered in 2012 or 2013. Um, but he has, if you go to his, his website, which I don't know what it is at the moment, someone else played it for me. He had these podcasts of basically like the Battle of Isindwala when the Zulus actually beat the British. And it's over like two and a half hours and it's just like the most wonderfully brilliant history podcast of this particular battle. He doesn't take any sides whatsoever. He talks about the Boers. He talks about the English. He talks about the Zulus, how the Zulus behaved, what strategy they imposed, uh, what British, how, why the British were so isolated that allowed them to get overrun by Zulu warriors. It's a fascinating, like three hours just on one battle. It's just a fascinating piece of history that people don't really know about. I'm actually thinking you and I should go to Isindwala, which is a mountain, and actually go take a look there at the at the Zulu British battlegrounds across KZN because the stories there are just immense. Yeah, so I actually spoke to uh, Crown Prince of Deal about this, and uh, I did actually say to him, like, I watched an interview with him last week, and his ABC got him on there. Now, for those of you who don't know, Crown Prince of Deal is actually the heir to the throne of the Paddy people. <laughs> Guy's super based. He's so awesome. But, uh, you know, something really interesting happened. So he got, he went on the show with SABC. And the first thing they do is they go, oh, we got energy expert Adil on here. Uh, so Adil, uh, tell us your opinions. What's going on with electricity? And you're like, I cannot see them referring to Prince Harry or Prince William, even though they should do this with Prince Harry because he's a complete hat. But I can't see them referring to the princes as just Harry and William as, you know, experts and i don't know boning a mona i mean harry harry's claim to fame right now is that he's a soy boy to a karen 
you know so imagine they go oh we've got soy boy harry with us and he's uh he's an expert on karens like i can't see that happening but that's exactly what they're doing here with prince adil and it did make me wonder how can we know fuck all about our princes yeah man like their their histories who they represent what their powers are I saw today in the front page of the Daily Mail, there's like this big thing about, you know, Prince William and his child. And look, they went off to this place. And look at the child. Isn't he adorable? He waved to the camera. And it's just melted down. Oh, because he waved. Yay. But what the fuck's happening with our monarchs, mate? Oh, don't know. Don't even call him prince or king or whatever. Like, they never in the news. Who's the heir to the throne? Don't know. What's royal protocol? Don't know. Who do they marry? Don't know. Where do they live? Don't know. It's a real shame, man, because we know fuck all about our own country. And, and I think I think you're onto something here because I made this point before that politics should be about ensuring that the tribe self-actualize. So I think the Afrikaner tribe is self-actualized. I think the Zulus to some extent are self-actualizing because they have the most dominant um, monarchy in this country. But the causes have a few kings, the Pedis. Uh, well, we know the crown prince, but, you know, his family, the Twanas, all these people have monarchies, right? And these monarchies exist under the constitutional dispensation, but yet we, we know very little about them. So in actual fact, like sort of to save South Africa and especially the sort of atomized, isolated black population, you should actually invite them to know more about their own ethnicity, where they come from, what their culture practices are, and all the rest of it. And then they will, mm. once people have a better sense of who they are, they could be have a better sense of where they're going to go. But for now, it's all like mishmash for the most part. We're all like citizens under the rainbow nation. This is all bullshit, of course. Like, we need to go back to our roots. But I fully agree with you. Like, if it, we actually spoke to the Crown Prince on a show. He is coming onto the show next week. The podcast will be released next week. And we always call him Crown Prince and things like that. Not your majesty, because he never asked us how to do that. But we gave him the respect he deserves due to his a prince. authority, right? Due to his innate authority. He's not my prince. I'm not going to be like all chilled with him because he's not my prince. That's just not, that's not how manners Well, it technically is your prince. You're a South African citizen. He's a South African royal. So he is your prince. He's my prince. Look, I might not be black. I might not be part of the petty kingdom, but he's a South African royal, mate. He's our prince. It's true. It's a fact. Right? Yeah, but there's so, different wow. ones. You're not going to ask a petty to, to treat the Zulu king like his own king, right? It's different. But they, but they still would, mate. That's the point. Not sure. I mean, the petty king would still recognize the Zulu king. They'd still be like king whatever. That's the point. There are royal protocols, and you follow those protocols. Even when the king of, you know, fucking Denmark goes and sees the king of England, like they still refer to each other as king of England, king of Denmark. They don't just go, yeah, you're right, Charles. Yeah, you're right. Like, it's just, there's royal titles. You just still respect the royal title. At the end of the day, he's a constitutional, well, he's a monarch in this country. Like, remind the problem. So here's the problem, man. Like, mm. especially especially as white people. We will give all fours of deference to foreign kings and queens. White people in South Africa love to look at the English kings and queens. That's a fascination. Oh, look, King Charles. Look, Prince William. Like something, something, something. It's a fascination for them because they come from those lands and therefore they feel a slight degree of connection to them. But I know folk all about the kings and queens in South Africa. Folk all. 
Here's the problem. In, in times gone by, your feudal, your feudal loyalty to a king or queen could change. And they often did change. You could be part of a king and he just goes on his royal rally and you could side with the invading king. It happened all the time, mate. People switched their allegiances. So in South Africa, we have recently seen this as white people. There are white people that actually want to assimilate with the culture because they've been here for such a long time that they identify with the culture that they now live in. And they find more to identify with in this country than they do in foreign lands that they've never seen, such as England. And so I shared with you a video yesterday, I reshared it with you today, about an initiation ceremony with some white boys in Durban that actually got initiated into the royal Zulu household. Have you seen the responses on Twitter, mate? These white boys, culture appropriation, how dare they? They're like, they're fitting in with their land of their birth and embracing the local culture. But it's like, nobody wants to allow that. But in the process, the very people who should be embracing the culture don't. It's a it's a peculiarity, man. I think I think that's a bit misguided though, because Twitter is not sort of real life for the most part. So I watch. I agree. I watch you know some of these videos in America where they speak to people on the street. They dress in a sombrero and they're like, "Is my outfit offensive?" And they got all the white people. Like, oh, it's so offensive! It's so offensive! Shame on you! Shame on you! Then they go. Then they go to the actual Mexicans. Like, hey, you want to be part of me? That's great. I think a Absolutely. lot of Zulus who will watch that video will be like, "Hey, the white boys want to join the Zulu nation. Brilliant!" It's always like that. Why it shouldn't we? Like Even look at Chris Papas, the mayor of Ungeni, who's a white boy and gay, and gay as fuck, right? Like super homo. <laughs> Whenever he has an official, what do you call it, thing, he wears a Zulu, um, I don't know what it's called, the thing on the head, There's the skin put in a hat thing. I don't know what you call it. I'm not Zulu. And, and the fur around the wrist. He I'm, wears I'm, that. But I'm glad you're doing that, Ramon, because hmm. we should know this. This well, is land, yeah, and we I, don't know it. I don't even know half of my own history, let alone like someone else's. So, yeah, let me find out the name. But he, Chris Papas, does it, and he's a white gay, and Zulu like Zulu's like are happy with that. I think it's good. Why shouldn't they? What what are we what are we meant to identify with? What Prince Charles, who basically goes around the world telling them why they should eat less meat, not drive their cars, and why they should all embrace net zero. So, in other words, he's a globalist. We got to okay. sit there listening to WEF propaganda out of Prince Charles's mouth. Like, I'm sorry, mate, but the, the royal household of the petty people aren't telling me to go there and, you know, wear a dress and calling me stunning and brave when I tell them that I like my own sex. Like, come on, man. Like, this isn't what these people are doing. I find more in common with them than I do foreign, foreign kings and queens from lands that people don't go to. Oh, very much so. So, so the headband is called the Mkele. That's that's what it's called, Umkele. And I probably butchered that. So sue me. I don't care. I'm Arab, inshallah. So anyway, so Chris Papas wears the Umkele, and so does uh, these these guys that you that video you showed me. And I mean, Johnny Clegg was famous for doing this. No one gave him shit for it, right? Until we started importing American cuck. Talking about cultural appropriation. The thing, cultural appropriation is what ensured race relations in this country survived apartheid right people just became like the people around them that's what made this country to a large extent 
not fall into civil war. But now that you're saying that this is cultural preparation, you can't do it, what's going to happen? Deepening racial tensions, more likelihood of ethnic violence. Something should we want. We need far more cultural preparation, not less. 100%. So I've got to ask you a question. Every single week, right around the world, hundreds, thousands, millions of people put in a Japanese gi and wear a karate belt or a judo belt or whatever and go around and uh, pretend to be Japanese for two hours while they do some exercise. Right? We call this martial arts. Nobody's going, cultural appropriation, you can't do that. But it is cultural appropriation because only Japanese really wear geese. But we don't do that because the Japanese were incredibly proud to share their culture with others. There was a whole point about it. The original founders of martial arts, Fanakushi, you had, you know, Jugaro Keno, who was the founder of judo. You had Moriha Yujiba, the founder of Aikido, like, Soke Takara, the founder of Jiu-Jitsu. Like, these guys were incredibly proud of going around the world and sharing their culture with others. Nowadays, it's like, no, you can't do that. It's cultural appropriation. Yeah, that's racist. You know what? Fuck off. And I honestly think that white people in this country should actually appropriate the culture of the royal monarchs here. I think that we need to bring back the royal monarchs in this place, mate. That's what I want. I want to reinstall some of the tribal chiefs as king and queen of this country and fuck democracy. Let's do it. Let's do it, baby. Can't be worse than what we've got now. I'd probably be a lot better, to be honest. Uh, But just just don't wear, like, one of those weird Mandela shirts, please. As white people, like, that's a step too far. Like, just no problem. Arguably... That was cultural appropriation because he stole the Hawaiian people's culture of hula shirts. So they're Ramon. <clears throat> anyway, actually, say if you're watching this, apologies, but don't dress like actually say. It's just not you know have have a bit of a sense of dignity about how you do this. But yeah, so I mean, funny. I mean, you talk to me about kings and queens of South Africa like five years ago I'd be like why are, you, why are they here in a constitutional democracy it's so stupid and now we're like no like they should actually have far more power than the government it's weird how your minds get changed when you just speak to more people right a lot of people are going to say we're hypocrites because we said this like two years ago and now we're saying this yeah I think that's called maturity ladies and gentlemen that's how you you know it's important to change your mind when the facts befitted and not just the facts just when you have more knowledge people that hold on to views forever and ever and ever mm, are probably not to be trusted let, let, let us remember something during the july riots the july mostly peaceful protests the one person who actually came out on tv and said the most common sense was the zulu king that's right I remember that it was his yeah. first press conference he had ever done he was like oh i'm gonna do a press conference this is neat and that in itself is a problem. Why the fuck are we not speaking to these people all the fucking time? Like, we need a camera in there 24-7 speaking to the bloody monarch so that people know who he is. So that when he calls for peace, you've got a rational voice of peace. But he was the only one out of even the political opponents, mate. He just came out and said, guys, you need to stop this. It's bad for our country. It's bad for the white people. It's bad for the Indian people. It's bad for the black people. We're all one, we're all one kingdom. This is my kingdom. I don't want to see it burn. Calm down. Right? It was an actual, genuinely good speech. I really liked it. Why do we not hear from this guy more often? I hear more sense out of this guy than I do bloody Cyril. Because Cyril's just a global liar. 
He just follows the global narrative. Right? Yeah. I speak I to know. I speak to Crown Prince Adil, and he says far more sense than bloody Julius Malima does, or even John Steenhuisen. Why is this guy not on the TV every bloody day? Like, I just think there is a huge loss that as a nation we are poorer for not embracing our, our royals. And it's it's a shame because I, I think to a degree that's also what apartheid robbed of white people. Like the fact is 200 years ago, we could have jumped ship. We could have said this royal monarch was cuck. We starting with the Zulu royal monarch and we are not going to join the Zulu kingdom. And you know what? They would have welcomed us with open arms. They did in many instances. They were like, here's a, here's a piece of land. You can go raise your family there and you're cool. You're now one of my dukes or subjects or whatever. Yeah. Until Can't do that anymore, came man. Around. Yeah. Peter Deep destroyed all that. When uh, I think it was Chleswayo who killed him, Bitratif. Um, mm. You'll know when, when you, if you listen, ever listen to that podcast of this in Dwala, how it started. They talk about Bitratif and, and all that sort of stuff. It's, but yeah, but those kingdoms, I mean, those, those black kingdoms weren't peaceful either. Like they fought each other like there's no tomorrow. But, no you doubt. know, they've got a history. And I think people should understand those histories and understand how it manifests today in South Africa. And I'm still looking for data for this statement I'm going to make. How important is ethnicity in South Africa compared to nationality? Because the more I speak to people and I say, are you Zulu, Betty, what are you? And they say, no, I'm probably X or Y or Z or whatever the case might be. There's a strong sense of like, that's very important to people. But like being South African is not as important. So I wonder how how big a a, a cultural driver is ethnicity. Because if it's really big, what you are saying is far more important. If it's not that big, then it's less important. I think it is big. You know, and I, I do. I honestly do. And I just think I think we would be far richer as a country if we had our own. Like, let's face it. One of the cucker shows on Netflix is The Crown. What a cuck show. It's a great show. I actually like it a lot. I'm not even even trolling. I think it's great. You're so gay. You're so gay. Anyway, proper cuck show on TV. The crown. Where's our our version? Why don't we have one of ours? Good kings and queens. Yeah, they're interesting. Instead, they only ever focus on Shaka Zulu, and then they make him out to be like some homo warlord that wants to go around and kill everyone. Like, there's a hell of a lot more kingdoms in South Africa than him. Yeah, I mean, he did do all of that. <laughs> Let's be honest. He was a bit crazy. He was a genius, like, but crazy. Don't, don't matter what he was. Like, there's a hell of a lot more going on in the country than just him. Come on, man. Like, why is there no other stories? Even the fact that I'm saying to you, there's a hell of a lot more going on than him. And most people are like, what is it? I don't know. I've never heard of them. And that's a real shame, man. Like, you, you go... In, in the UK, you have to sit through how many years worth of history studies where you have to le- learn about King Henry and you've got to name all the names of his wives and why, you know, divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. Like, you have to learn that at school, man. And But we know fuck all about our monarchs. That's a real, it's a shame, man. And I, I, I think that culturally we are worse off for it. Yeah, uh, so I, I assume you want us to go and visit all these kings and queens and all sorts of things. Maybe. I'd love to, man. I'd love we'll, it. We'll speak to the crown prince. Maybe we can start with with his royal family and see what they are what they are doing for the people. Could be quite interesting. 
Let's see. Let's see. But democracies um, never survive, Ramon. They never survive. Democracies don't survive. Never. They've been tried for 4,000 years, man. The Greeks invented the idea of democracy, and every time we've had a democracy in world history, it's always collapsed and it's always returned to king and queens, my friends. You may not like it, but it's a fact. So you're saying we need to return to monarchy in South Africa. Is that how you want your, your state to sort of balkanize? No, I'm saying that it doesn't really matter what I want, that in, in with enough time, South Africa will return to kings and queens because every state in the world history has always resorted to kings and queens at some point in time. In the modern time, we just rephrase kings and queens and now we call them dictators, but they're the same idea. And I think that South Africa, like every state on this planet, will ultimately revert back to a king and queen at some point in time. That's my view. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. I don't disagree with you necessarily. The only people who would disagree with you are the Afrikaners. Because I once proposed a long time ago that the Afrikaners need to find a king and let them let him lead them somewhere. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. We don't do that shit, like, at all. Like, there's no appetite for an Afrikaner monarchy whatsoever. I don't know. We'll maybe see. it's the Calvinist history or we'll see. the fact that the British beat them. Who knows? Let, 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 let us not Afrikaner. forget that in the Bible, the, Isra- the Israelites started out with a group of judges. The judges almost acted in a de- democratic viewpoint where they were the judges over their peaceful over their people and they followed common law. And how did that work out for them? Well, they ultimately asked for a king and they got their first king. God even said, king's a bad idea. You sure you want one? And they were like, yep, we kind of need one. Everybody else got one. We need one. And they got one. And then they ultimately had King David, which was obviously in the Bible, their greatest king. We revolutionized the Israeli the Israeli people, helped expand the kingdom, brought unprecedented wealth. Also killed the soldiers and stole their wives, but you know, <laughs> God, all be perfect, right? <laughs> anyway, the point <laughs> the, the, point, point, the point there. Too. Sorry? No, I think I think no, I think you're making a strong point. I just don't think it's that obvious that monarchy will be the the system. It could be some other sort of system. That's what I said modern times is a dictator. But you know, it's 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 inevitable that the as you know, history is circular. Problem for us is we only live for what eighty years if we're lucky. Sixty, eighty years—that's like normal lifespan. And you're like, so we don't really get to see the cycle in full action. But as you know, history is a circular. Like the cycle will happen over another five hundred years, and arguably in that time period, I think monarchy will return. Probably. We will see. We will see. Uh, speaking of, of uh, as a final topic, Paul Matatile. I mean, man, people really want that guy gone, eh? So now we know everything about him. He was like the grey operator for 30 years. We knew that he was sort of premier, sort of MEC, sort of this, sort of that, but nothing really tangible. Now we know for a fact, like he's friends with entrepreneurs. He lives in a 40 million rand house owned by his sons and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, this is all like sort of to taint him. And based on my sources, here's the theory. He was never meant to be the deputy president of the ANC, but they've so focused on internal democracy, which is, you know, their shining example of why the ANC is so great, that he stuck through and, and won the position as deputy president. So as far as I know, Paul's very keen on working with the EFF at the national elections. Afterwards, whereas Cyril is not at all, 
So this is actually a battle between determining what sort of coalitions will come out of the 2024 elections. So maybe they need Paul gone for some reason so that they could get an ANC-DA coalition. I don't know. All we know is that some, someone really hates him and leaks everything about him to the press, and they're quite happy to run with it. As far as I know, Paul never said he would work with the EFF. Julius said he'd work with Paul. Paul's never said he'd work with anyone. In fact, if you actually read the articles of what Paul's actually said, there's very little. A guy does not commit himself to policy frameworks, to statements of who he's going to work with, to coalitions. Like his, his statements on the coalitions is the current coalitions are messy and they don't last, and we need to fix the we need to fix the framework. The current framework doesn't work. Yeah, just That's like it, you, man. Yeah. That's it. Well, apparently the he DA and the EFF. Apparently he's responsible for the ANC working with the EFF in Gauteng, though. Him and Panyaza Lesufi. Panyaza Lesufi, 100%. He's responsible for that. But that was only so that they could say to the DA, fuck you, see, you're not actually as powerful in, in this place as you thought you were. Whether he had an involvement in it? Speculation, my friend. Speculation. Well, all this we don't know that. The only, spe- the only thing that's not speculative is the fact that someone hates him and he's leaking all the shit to the press. And I would try to find out why that is because the crimes of paul are very very ordinary as an anc member his friends are tenderpreneurs he's got girlfriends and he lives in a big house owned by a company that doesn't belong to him so fucking what like i just don't get it no but the point of what i'm trying to say to you is that there's a lot of words being put in paul's mouth there's a lot of speculation that's being stated as if it's fact but the reality is we actually know very little about Paul Moshantile, like really little. So when you see all of these allegations and these things coming out, the first thing is, is like it's captivating because you're like, I really want to know who Paul Moshantile is like because we know nothing about the guy. He was an unknown quantity. He just came in there and kind of snuck in while nobody was looking. The reality of the situation is, which you're bang on the money, there is a serious amount of hate going out to the man right now. And yeah. a lot of it appears to be the hate that's being directed at him is that he's just a typical ANC cadre. He does exactly what every other ANC cadre does. He's got a few tenderpreneurs. He's got a few wives. He bangs here and there. He's got big luxury houses. Like, how is this any different from every other politician? Like, man, I've just described for you half the bloody cabinet. So what makes him special? Oh, why, why, are we, why are we focusing our attention specifically on him? And it's, it's bizarre. Well, now, what we do know... Someone wants him out. Who, no, someone wants him out. And what but we who, do know is that there is a heavy battle in the ANC right now between Cyril and Paul. And they're both vying for, should we say, position. But here's the funny thing. Paul wants to be there. <laughs> Cyril doesn't. So you may say, well, then why is Cyril trying to remove Paul Mashatile? And the answer is he's not. Cyril, I don't think Cyril actually gives a shit. However, Cyril's cabinet ministers do. Every one of them. Because if Paul comes in and takes the position, he'll fire all of them. They'll all be without a job. Probably so. So the question is, who becomes deputy president assuming Paul gets axed? 
Is it the Secretary General? Because I actually don't know. So I did ask a source of this, and it's actually yeah. the Secretary General. So maybe Mbax, Mr. Fix Fokol, is vying for power here. I asked a source on this, and they did suggest that it was him. And we were like, and even I said, are you for real? Because this guy's like doff. And he's like, yep, it's him. But there's allegation, and it's just a source, and it's a rumor not confirmed. Right. Okay. Okay. So imagine if you kill as president of this country. Okay. Yeah. Fuck Paul. You should be act immediately. <laughs> we should get Fikile to replace Cyril. <laughs> now that is a good time. <laughs> that is a good time. Let's be honest. You know who my source is. So it's. No, but what do you think about a Fikile presidency? That's a good time. Imagine, imagine Fikine going and having to negotiate with Barton. <laughs> oh my fuck! <laughs> they would just be yeah. talking past each other all the time, or, or, or like, going to Russia and talking to Putin. Putin must be like, "What the fuck is going on here?" That'd be so great. Like, like really, like, like it'd be the clown in the office. It'd be like an American moment in time for South Africa. This is, this is why I hate democracy, man. This is why I'm like, let's just give the kings and queens the power back. I, I hate democracy so much, man. It's like ruled by mediocrity. It's always been there, but now it's like ruled by inferiority. It's just the stupidest people in society running the place. Didn't HL Mencken, Mencken have a quote about this? When, like, the president represents the majority and soon will have a total retarding problem in the office. Oh, I need to find that quote. By the way, do you know Idiocracy. Have you you seen the movie Idiocracy? Yeah. I don't consider that a movie. I consider that a future future prophecy. It's a documentary on modern society. They're like, the the guy who's the president is just a guy who goes around going, driving big monster trucks, and every time somebody says something they don't like, they're like, Fick! it's like modern times, man. It's modern times. So here's the actual quote, and I quote, As democracy is perfected, the office of the president repre- represents more and more closely the inner soul of the people. We move toward a lofty ideal. On some great and glorious day, the plain folks of the land will reach their heart's desire and last and the White House will be adorned by a downright moron. It has happened in America. See. Let's make it happen in South Africa. <laughs> it's prophecy, mate. It's nothing more than prophecy. I repeat well, yeah. what I said. Can we please have the Zulu monarchy back? Please. Please. They really are. They're just a bit useless. No, they're not given... They're not given the proper status in society. We need to elevate them and elevate them now. Because, like, it's this or fucking Fikile. <laughs> come on. I know what I'm saying. Oh, come on. They said both. I, I, I welcome a Fikile presidency. I don't know why you're so worried about that. I'm not worried. Oh. I'm flabbergasted that it would even happen. But given the, nation, the, the state of the nation, it's quite likely. So, it's, in it's conclusion, possible. it's a morning shot. Anyone's two things: Zulu monarchy to secede, and for Fikile to become president. And hopefully, those two <laughs> things can happen at exactly the same time. Now, that 
is a good time for everyone. Thanks for listening, everyone. Cheers. Bye.